Hey, where are you from? So, uh, what do you do? That's what you get asked a lot, right? When you're meeting someone new, at a party, your dating profile. So tell the world the answer to both of those questions at the same time. We figured out how. We just launched a brand new online store that has all 50 states represented with gear for physical therapists. Now at ptpintcast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee? Check. South Carolina physical therapist t-shirt? Yeah, we got that. Face mask for a Florida PT? Check and double check. Great gear for life, all showing off your profession and your home state. PT gear store available now at ptpinecast.com. So go there and you can show off your profession and home state at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this little red thing up here in this counter is telling me we are live. We are not too proud to pipe in our own clapping. Welcome to PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. Uh, before we get started, I want to say thanks to our friends at Your CBD Store. We're going to talk a little bit about pharmacology in this episode. And that's what our friends at Your CBD Store are covering. Uh, started by a physician, your patients might be taking some CBD over the counter. Do you know how that will affect their treatment? hundred, You 100% know or kind of? All right, just check them out online, cbdrx4u.com. Uh, download the ABCs of CBD. See what we did there? Also, uh, check ptpinecast.com. And you can get yourself a free pint glass shipped right to you. Uh, again, CBDRX for you. Talking about glasses. This is just new. Can we get like the funkier music? There we go. Check this out. We just launched this at the PT Pinecast store. All right, this is what you can get. This is like tumblers, like coffee or whatever you want to put in it. Uh, this is your PT school merit badge collection. Did you earn your PT school merit badge? This is the merit badge for, oh, look, someone passed out during surgery observation. We all have somebody in our class. You do. You're nodding with me. You have somebody in your class who got all these merit badges. This one, did you get the merit badge of asked the most questions during lecture? Did you get that one? There was always, there's always that kid. Another question, Stephen. That was our class. His name was Stephen. He knows who he is. Anyway, check these out online at ptpinecast.com. That's how we uh, that's how we keep the show on the air. All right, let's get into it tonight. We've got a really really great show. I am very excited because we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we've done the podcast live from PT programs across the country. I think we're north of 25, close to 30 programs. Um, let's uh, let's do it. We broadcast live from my living room from Ithaca, New York. Seriously, it's gorgeous. Huh? Nobody? Okay. Uh, tonight we're featuring the PT program at Ithaca. The Bombers, to help kick off the show, is Barb. Associate Chair and Faculty. Barb, welcome to the show. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks so much for having us and being here in Ithaca. The Bombers. Well, I mean, I wish I was really in Ithaca, and I miss that so much. So I mentioned just a second ago, we used to, I mean, we, we'd we been to PT programs, went to Ohio State, up and down the East Coast. We've done some out West. Uh, and now we're in Ithaca. We're doing this, obviously. We are uh, socially connected, but physically distant is, uh, is, I think, what we want to say. So thanks for taking a chance and doing this thing with us tonight. Um, to, to kick it off, uh, all PT programs are the same, but we know that they're not. Uh, what makes Ithaca and your program there uh, special? What makes it different? Why, why do you love it? 
Well, I'm an alum in addition to being on the faculty. So I left Ithaca for a while and then came back to join the faculty. I think there's this magnet at Ithaca, both in the community and at Ithaca College that draws people back. Um, I think we're unique. We, we're a pretty large program um, with, and we draw outstanding students. We have an amazing faculty. We have breadth and depth that are involved not only in teaching, but scholarship and service at the professional level. We're entry level, so students come in our program as freshmen. And so, yeah. you know, that's awesome for us, I think, to be able to really mentor and mold them throughout the six years of the DPT program. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty unique. We were talking about that, you know, when we were doing some prep for that. Um, when students are being prepared for that situation, do any of them just go, oh, no, yeah, this is too much? Like, do you ever see like those like big like deer in headlight eyeballs? A little bit, although not a lot. We tend to get these, you know, 17 year old high school kids that know they want PT and are very motivated to see the program through. That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, what's something about Ithaca as a program and Ithaca as a place that most people don't know? Oh, boy. Um, Ithaca as a program that most people don't know. You know, I, I'm always amazed when I go to national conferences that people don't even know that Ithaca College has a PT program. I think yeah. in our pocket of the world, we think we're pretty special. And I'm always amazed when people go, oh, Ithaca College didn't know they had a physical therapy program. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one. What, what people don't know about Ithaca in general, I don't know if they know it or not. You've already used our tagline that we're gorgeous. We have, um, I don't even know how many state parks, gorges, waterfalls, the the nature in our area is phenomenal. And, you know, I think the vibrancy of the community with two colleges, us and Cornell University, um, there's just, there's something for everybody. And yet it's small enough that you can run into the same people again. Yeah. And for people, I mean, I'm taking this, uh, I know where Ithaca, I grew up in upstate New York, so I kind of know where it is, but it's, you know, I mean, what would, is it the Southern, it's not the Southern tier, right? You central New York, because people are very- Finger Lakes, we're in the Finger Lakes area. Not because you don't want to call a different section of New York. Although most people outside of New York just think it's it's just a gigantic Manhattan. Right. But right. that's actually not that's not right. the case. Yeah. Um, uh, any any like parting uh, uh, words about your program before we get started with the show? We're going to line up uh, faculty. We've got students. We're we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Yeah, you've got you got a great lineup today. I would just you know welcome everybody that's in the audience. If you're an alum, um, it's great to have you back. And uh, we're, you know, we're in our 73rd year of being a PT wow. program. Um, so we're pretty proud of our history and we're really excited about where the future is taking us. So glad awesome. to have everybody here. You get some cheers for that. All right, Barb, thanks for kicking things off. We're, uh, we're we'll hang out backstage. We'll, we'll talk to you in a minute. All right, so let's get things started. Uh, for the audience watching, if you're uh, interacting on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, Tell us a little bit about you. This thing is, we are legitimately live. So uh, in the comment section, let us know, you know, who you are. That comes with your, your screen name. Are you an alum, a student? Are you just passing by, you know, on your phone? Are you scrolling by? Just let us know where, where you are geographically. Always very confused how this show actually, you know, kind of gets out into the world. We think we've been heard in 175, six uh, different countries. Uh, we've got Allie. Uh, 2012 and alum coming back. So just let her know. Let us know in the comments section below. Doesn't matter what platform you're on, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook. During the show, if you want to interact, if you want to say something, this is not one of those like situations where we'd like you to be quiet and sit down. 
Uh, comment away. Fire away. Doesn't matter. Go for it. Now, if you have a question or a comment specifically for a guest, again, fire away in those comment sections below. We will make sure we do all the questions toward the end of the show. So we got four guests lined up. We're going to go one, two, three, four. Then we're going to bring them all back for that Q&A session. Are we good? Did I forget anything else? No? We're, we're all right? Let's start the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick these things off. Right? Our first guest is a professional splainer. He gets to splain things to students. Uh, he's passionate about teaching and loves to find ways to make complex topics like pharmacology or physiology understandable and relevant to clinicians. And just FYI, his textbook, I just checked, has an amazing 4.7 stars ranking on Amazon. How do you get a 4.7 star rating on a textbook? He did it. We'll find out how. Our leadoff guest tonight is Chuck Saccone. Chuck. <laughs> Coming in with the Hi, chance. Jimmy. Wait, you're not Jimmy Fallon. I'm not. My mom they said. They told me you look different, Jimmy. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing all right. Why, why is everything so dark? I don't know. Because you're cool. Oh, okay. You're cool. Much better. Thank you. Uh, Sorry about that. Chuck, first question is always the hardest. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking... Again, it's a, um, it's, I think it's called beer. Okay. I don't know, my first time. So I don't know. It. It's from Empire Brewery. It's a New England IPA made out in Ellicottville near where oh, you went to school. Know. Yeah. Ellicottville. Right down the street from St. Bonaventure. Yeah. We're right. talking about upstate. And as I showed, showed everybody earlier, I've got my PT Pinecast official James McKay proprietor koozie. Might have had yeah. one of those too. There Jimmy gave to my wife in a bar one time. What are the odds, right? You know? If you want to, if you want to hustle, if you want to get your name out there, you got to be handing out koozies and bars. And An overnight success is never overnight. This koozie gets a lot of, of love. All right. So before we get started, the last time we were together was in Chicago at the next conference, which was two years ago. It feels like ten years ago at this. The way we're uh, maybe. yeah. And you handed me something just before we parted. Like I handed you the koozie, and you handed me this cause. That and was the I, trophy. This was this is Al Capone, and this is the uh, prize for the Oxford debate uh, two years ago, and I got to take part in that. But you have been moderating the Oxford debate for how long? When did you when did you take the reins on that? Um, about uh, I think we've done eleven, so that's like seventy five in dog years or something. Wow. We've done a lot of them. Yeah, I think I thought after the first one they'd never do another one, but it, evidently it was popular. People kept coming to it. So all right. So how do you describe what the Oxford debate is? Because I was a first first or second year student when my professors were like, "Hey, come to this event." We went to Next, and you know when you go to an event like Next or CSM, it's just kind of like you know it's like walking into the circus. There's a lot of stuff going on, and one of my professors was like, "What's on your schedule for tonight?" And I was like, "I don't know. Maybe I'll go to a restaurant." She's like, "No." You need to go to the Oxford debate. And I was like, what's a debate? Like, when you see on the program schedule, it doesn't really tell you what it is. So how do you describe what an Oxford debate is? It's basically a scrum between two, two teams, three people on a team. And we derive a topic. Jimmy's year, the topic was, you're going to love this. Social media is hazardous to the profession of physical therapy. And guess which side Jimmy's team was arguing? Pro. The pro side. So <laughs> all you out there on social media, your host tonight was arguing that social media is as to the profession of physical therapy. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. 
Well, I will stand by every word I said in the argument that the the prompt asked, is it hazardous? And I said, yes. And I think one of my analogies was, listen, a hammer can build you a house or a hammer could really hurt somebody. So I'm not saying it's bad. It was neither bad nor good. The question was hazardous. And my line was hashtag hazardous. But with the Oxford debate um, and the style that you guys had kind of turned it into, um, the audience was literally supposed to hear um, arguments from the pro and the con sign figure, you know, literally on either side of the moderator. And if they agreed with one of the points, either side made, they were supposed to get up and literally move to your side. So it was very interactive noisemakers. It wasn't uh, a debate that you'd think about. It was very much, let's have some fun, but also discuss something that we want to hear both sides to. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's meant, and for those of you that ever, if they ever start doing these again, if they ever start doing a conference again, um, usually people have been in a conference now for two, three, four days straight in really serious discussions. So this usually happens on a Friday night. Alcohol is involved. Encouraged. I mean, they were throwing it right outside the door. That's and what that, I was. And the debates there are they're really good. And and Jimmy's team did win by yes. a score of Jimmy beat his his. You know, they go head to head, and Jimmy scored eight points compared to five from his competitors. Team won 29 to 23 by my count. And here's again, the official tally of your the Oxford debate that year. And Jamie, I'm still waiting for the check. Yes. So anytime you want to send that. I, I prefer to do my, my robbery in cash. There's no, there's no trail. Um, cash is fine too. So after, after the, after that, after the first time watching that and you do, and I'm not just cause you're on the show, it was a well, like you balance seriousness with tongue in cheek in such a way of awarding points. I almost say it's like akin to like, whose line is it anyway, where it's like, all right, I'm going to award points. Why? Cause of this, but like you, you tended to, to draw it back to points that the person made, but you don't have to go into detail, but what's, what are you jotting down? Are you jotting down? Like, like, I don't even, cause you, you, you were making notes. You're kind of sitting in the corner while this is, this rigmarole is going on. What are you looking for in a good debate? Um, I look a lot to see if the audience responds to what you say. And whenever the audience gives a cheer, I write down whatever you just said. And the audience, it's really, the audience really decides the winner. I don't decide it. I basically give points to one. It's it's like the sports shows. Um, who's who's the guy that does that? The uh, you know, uh, Around the Horn. Around the Horn. Yeah. And he's giving points when people make good points and, and he likes them. But I, I'm judging what the people are doing in the audience. And, I, if, and if they're running back and forth to, to your, literally physically the audience, like Jimmy said, they run to the side of the stage where the person is talking. And if I see a lot of people shifting over that way, if the room starts to tilt a little bit, you're going to get some points for that. So that's the main thing. It was a good, it was a good topic. I think, I think the, topic. the organization um, picks a topic that's a little hot, not hot button, but it's like, yeah, okay, this is worth some chewing on. We should talk about this. And again, ours was like, is social media hazardous? Um, it's a tool. It's here to stay. Is it dangerous? So there was no like, well, this is clearly the winner or not. It really is very tongue in cheek. So I wanted to say uh, thanks for moderating that. Yeah. I mean, I remember coming in as a student, being blown away. The, the topics are not meant to be serious. I mean, the first, right. the second one we ever did, or second or third one we did was should people that don't have a doctorate be grandfathered in? Oh. And, and uh, I'm still getting hate mail for that one. I'm like, this was a fun debate. We meant this to be a, you know, just a, a fun thing to bat around. And and that was a, that was a hot night in the old town. <laughs> Any moments outside the hate mail, any moments that come to uh, to mind where like maybe you cracked and you were just laughing along with the audience or I mean, because, oh, you didn't mention, too, um, 
the teams are encouraged to kind of dress in theme, or I don't know if they were encouraged. I just, we just did. And uh, as you can see, again, my topic was, is social media is hazardous to the profession of physical therapy. We went the breaking bad route and went complete full, uh, full garb there. So there's me on, on stage trying to do my best Eminem in the, uh, in the yellow uh, hazmat outfit. Um, but any any situation, I mean, there were superheroes. We've seen uh, we've seen uh, almost like the YMCA men at work, you know, construction workers, all to go along with your theme. Any moments that just made you just kind of laugh out loud? Oh, everyone had something. That, I mean, people really got into this, and, and I think they still stream these. You can go to the APTA website; they used I'm to put them up cool. there. And and so I, I haven't been there. I've never watched one actually. <laughs> Once is enough. I, you know, seeing it live is plenty for me. But they used to stream these on the website. So if you I'll if you're still it. there, you can check it I out. Haven't, I haven't watched but, it. I mean, I didn't watch it. I, just, I was just there. Exactly. They send me CDs sometimes, and I haven't watched those either. I don't even know because the crowd was kind. Of, I don't want to say the crowd was kind of cheering because I actually wound up doing a stage dive at the end. This was a shot from the pit right there. So what, this is me holding the, uh, the statue right there after we won Before that the crowd was kind of getting a little loud. I don't even know if you saw this cause you're in the back of the stage. My closing mic drop line was listen, social media is here to say, all we ask is practice safe social and myself and my two counterparts threw actual um, condoms into the crowd. That was going to be my point getter. So I just want to make sure you knew that I did that just for effect. Yeah, it got some points, and I think it made a lot of people happy that night, last night at the conference. So it probably, you know, it's probably functional as well as funny. Very functional. We like functional and funny. APTA did not pay for that. I I made sure I splurged at Rite Aid down the street. All right. So I wanted to talk about, we're talking a little bit about history, and that's kind of the topic or the theme, I think, that we'll, we'll kind of get into tonight. Looking back to look forward, and I used to think it was just kind of cliche, but now that when you go things, you do. Things come back up, and they come in and out of fashion. So let's talk about physical therapy education over the last 40 years. You know, we mentioned that you're an educator. You've been in, in PT. We'll get into your, your tech, by the way. Well done with 4.7 stars ranking on Amazon for a textbook. That's got to be pretty good. When you look back at PT education over the last 40 years, you know, what are the things that come to mind? What are the things that stick out? Good, good or bad, just, just stick out. It's all good. Um, you know, I started teaching in PT when I was a student. When I started teaching in PT, it was a four-year program at Ithaca College. You got a Bachelor of Science degree at the end. And that was a lot to learn in four years. It morphed into a five-year Master of Science program. <clears throat> and that was good because we had bulged this four-year program with the amount of content and the amount of knowledge that you had to learn and immediately filled up five years. So guess what? The next move was to make it a six-year doctorate program. And this was going in line with the national movement to, to bring entry-level physical therapy to the doctoral level. So when you think about it, that was a pretty remarkable change over the last you know, 30, basically 30, 35 years to go from a four-year bachelor's degree to wow. a six-year doctor of physical therapy degree. And uh, I got to give a shout out for Michael Pagliarulo, who is the chair of our department that pretty much shepherded that whole thing through. He did a remarkable job. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he slept for about 18 years of that in that process, because you have to when you think of the number of changes that have to happen to the curriculum to get it approved by the college, to get it approved by the state agencies. It really was tremendous. Um, and uh, that's where we're at. Yeah. So when you, when you hear it like that, because like I graduated in 2016, it was a DPT then. But when you start hearing like kind of those stories, like this is how it it, it was four to six doesn't sound like a lot 
But you got to realize there's a lot that you can put in two years worth of education and the amount of things that need to be added and types of types of content that maybe didn't exist when the when the when the program actually began. But that's a that's a lot of effort. It is. And it was congruent with the increased level of autonomy of a physical therapist. You know, when I graduated from PT school and pterodactyls were circling central New York, you 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 were you were. We had, I had a doc once at New York hospital and he said, the, he called us physical therapy technicians and your prescriptions were very precise. Do right. 20 minutes of ultrasound at 1.5 watts per centimeter squared, do three repetitions. And that was absurd. We have my friend and uh, a good friend of ours made it analogous too. We were trained to be jet engine mechanics working on model T Fords. We had all that knowledge. So then the practices changed to right. make, make it more autonomous. Um, and I'm so impressed with clinicians nowadays that are out there in the field and yeah. their ability to, to evaluate, examine, evaluate, treat, reevaluate uh, is really incredible. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's, it's a, not just a transition of the educational component, but a transition of the profession at, at its core. Yeah. And that's just been really a pleasure to watch. Uh, over, I'm, over that time. Yeah. And, and, and it, it happened mainly because, we have such good clinicians you know, we have yeah. such bright, I can, I'm so impressed with the students that come to our program and they're so bright. They're so dedicated and they know what they want. Like Barb said, they want, they know what they want to do day one. You know, you know, I'm not messing around here. I'm not window shopping. I want to be a physical therapist. Yeah. And the dedication, the, the motivation is just inspiring. Uh, it's always been a pleasure sure. to do that. Um, one, one of those changes, right? Or maybe, maybe I'll phrase it as a question because I don't want to assume one of those things that I think has been talked about more recently or has popped up over the last uh, 40 years and those changes um, was was more of a focus or an emergence of evidence evidence based practice in PT education. I mean, you mentioned jet engine mechanic trained, but working on model Fords and the way to gain some of that respect or at least to say or at least proof would be a, a, a number one you have to build a body of evidence and then you have to practice with it and those are the two steps um what was it what was it like um when people were making a push for that i mean anything new people typically say no 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 was there a push was there an immediate acceptance or how was it for uh generating evidence or using the evidence or both both, both. yeah and again i was kind of saw the generating evidence from the inside as a member of the editorial board of PT Journal. And, and again, my mentor, one of the most respected persons, people I ever know, the late Jules Rothstein, he really spearheaded that action. Uh, we have to generate numbers here to prove what we do works. And it was a real um, grassroots effort on everybody's part. And, you know, the physical therapy journal went from being sort of a journal where a lot of the docs wrote articles to where the PTs were writing articles and right. collecting data and getting primary and, and doing randomized controlled trials. And, and that tied into the whole idea of expanding the practice by being the people that prove that our, our uh, interventions work. And then making the clinicians or enabling the, clinician, the clinicians to be uh, able to access that information and apply it directly to their patients, to their treatments. Yeah. And I think the clinicians really embraced it too. It took a lot of the, you know, kind of guesswork or uh, ambiguity out of what we do. And now we've got clinical practice guidelines uh, that are really nicely developed and they're coming out on a very regular basis. Uh, so it was all this transition of more education, more autonomy, more evidence. And, it, you know, it's like a Venn diagram and they all tie together. And the center of that Venn diagram is, is the person that's practicing, is the clinician. Uh, and it's just been, like I said, it's been 
Really a pleasure. Somebody should make a movie of it. Somebody should make maybe your next project. Yeah. Well, I know I, I was part of the, lucky enough to be part of the APTA Centennial Steering Committee. And I know that a lot of the topics that you're talking about came up numerous times and have been shared by the association in terms of the only way you can really respect kind of where you are is to look back and say like this wasn't always the way. Like, but when you're and this is no offense to anybody who is a student now or just graduated or graduated in the last ten years, it's like it's hard to appreciate what is if it wasn't there and that's where i think a lot of times like you mentioned ptj or the foundation for physical therapy research or apta um if it goes if any of those things went away tomorrow you, you wouldn't notice tomorrow you notice a week from now a month from now and you definitely notice a year or five or ten years from now so it's those things that um sometimes you have to talk about them and let people know this is where an appreciation of history comes in it wasn't always this way no that's a good point um you, so you mentioned you mentioned scientific liter literature, um, changes in how we get it. You mentioned uh, PTJ being a place where maybe a lot of more physicians were were submitting, and now it's you know pretty heavily focused on physical therapists producing evidence. Um, as well as a lot of other, uh, and again, not just, it used to be Physical Therapy Journal, and now we've got a lot of the section journals, uh, right. Journal of Orthopedic Sports Physical Therapy. So there's been not only more um, avenues to disseminate the information, but really quality uh, People have stepped up in terms of being particular about reviewing papers, making sure they're uh, they're accurate, they're helpful, uh, the designs are good. So uh, it's all it's all it all kind of came together at the at, in, a, in a good way. Yeah, uh, a lot of it came together in 1990. That's when you put together. I mean, right now as it stands, uh, your textbook, Pharmacology and Rehabilitation, again yeah. with 4.7 stars on Amazon. That's just my wife. She just keeps going in there every week and reading it. <laughs> That's 4.7 is pretty good for a textbook. Uh, all 736 pages of it. What's it? I mean, what's it like putting together like the Bible of pharmacology and physical therapy? I, you know, I don't remember. Um, it's like having a baby. I, I've never had a baby, believe it or not. But I think you do the first one and you forget about it. And then they come back like five, six years later and they say, do it again. You're like, no. And then you sit down. Um, it, it actually was really the first edition was really a learning experience for me because they told me this, you'll never learn as much about a topic until you do this. So I thought I knew a little bit about drugs, or at least, you know, not from personal use necessarily, but uh, I really learned a lot. And then it became an issue of making it more and more, updating it, because if anything changes in healthcare, it's pharmacology, and updating it, making and trying to make it more and more relevant to clinicians. I mean, there are a lot of pharmacology books out there, and they're, they're usually targeted to nurses, medical students, or docs. So this was the first one that really was a compendium, uh, started from, you know, run through the whole gamut of different drugs, but tried to make it relevant to the physical therapist. Uh, Steve Wolf was the editor of the series at that time, and he was incredibly helpful in, in helping and encouraged me to do this. Uh, owe a lot of credit to the publisher, F.A. Davis, for, again, saying, no, you got this. I'm like, no, I don't. I've never written. I can't write a laundry list. Are you kidding me? They're like, no, take your time, you know. One one page at a time. So, and they they had this other new invention at the time. It was called the what was it called? It's called a word processor. It was this it was this machine that you could type on, and then you could actually print it out. I mean, you know, it was like this is a pretty fun thing. So uh, that was a huge benefit too, of not having to type this thing with carbon paper. Some of you kids out there, there used to be this thing called carbon paper, and you had to put it between sheets of paper, and you had to type, and uh, none of that. So that was really helpful. And I, I think, again, we had a real uh, explosion of very, very good, useful texts because of that. Yeah. You could do this now. You could 
get on your word processor and do that. You could you could update more quickly. You could react to to changes. Edit, update, make changes, illustrations. It was all very very easy to do at that point in time. How much <clears throat> doing? Are you still updating? You still are you still? I don't know how. I was I started to write this. There's been five editions. Um, I started to write a sixth, then I stopped. I, I'm done. <laughs> two other two other people have taken it over, um, and I'm going to be kind of uh, the I don't know godfather of this sixth edition. But they're writing it. I tried. I'm done. I'm out of words. I used all the words I know, and I don't have any more. So I like it. There, there will, it will live on. Um, my name will be on it, but yeah. I'm not writing it. I'm done. That's Make sure your name's on the cover. All right, yeah. uh, Chuck Sacone, are you ready to play three questions? Sure. Let's do three questions with Chuck Sacone. I'm interested okay. in your answers. Here, let's do this. Hang on. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. Uh, your PT license lets you uh, read textbooks like Chuck's or move about the country, be a travel PT, hashtag travel PT. Uh, job transparency, too. Where there are people, they need physical therapists. So uh, jump online, fusionmedstaff.com, and uh, see where your physical therapy degree can take you anywhere you want. I always say it's like test driving a part of the country. Go do like a three-month assignment somewhere, like a clinical, but now you get paid for it. So check them online, fusionmedstaff.com. Chuck, question number one is a where question. Once everything is safe and we're free to move about the country safely, where's somewhere that you can't wait to go? Where, where are you going first? Oh, boy. Um, depends on what time of year it is. If it's winter, yeah. I'm going to the Wasatch to ski. And if it's summer, I'm going to the Wasatch to ski. Okay. Probably. <laughs> So yeah, Watson. I don't know where the Watson. Oh, Utah, Southern Utah. You know the, the Snowbird and those kinds of places. They're my favorite. Love it. All right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's. I missed that. We didn't. It's been two years now since yeah. we got out there. I usually go out there every every March. I'm itching. All right. Second question. Three question is a what question? What is something that the audience should read, listen to, watch a book, a movie, a podcast, something that they could gain gain uh, get value from. Anything or just related to PT? Anything. This is how I oh, Netflix. Princess, Princess Bride, the movie. Yeah, I, I think Princess Bride just is meaning of life. It, it explains it all. Drama, intrigue, uh, deceit, romance. It's, so Princess Bride. It's for got sure. Andre the Giant in it's got it. Andre the Giant. It's got Carrie Elwes. It's got uh, Robin Wright. It's just got it all. Good movie. As you wish. As you wish. As Prince you wish. Buttercup. That's a good one. No one has said the Princess Bride before in the show. That's a good one. Uh, last question. We'd like to start in with people. Who is someone the audience should know more about? I leave it open and ambiguous on purpose. Probably Andre the Giant, but he died, so not much more to learn about him. Um, who should they know more about? Huh. That's a tough one. I, this is how honestly, I see more episodes because people tell me interesting people, then I go interview them. I was going to say Ernest Hemingway. That's not going to work either, is it? Hemingway's great, though. But the, no, but you don't. There's... No, I was. I was going to say that. Um, uh, geez, I'm stumped. I don't usually get stumped. How stumped. about Sky? How about Sky? Donovan. Guy Donovan. I saw, name, I saw her name pop up. That's what she is. I'm talking about uh, Princess Bride. We'll take Sky Donovan. We, we have her on the show a couple of times. Okay, uh, great. All right, that's three questions again from our friends at FusionMedStaff.com. Uh, parting shot is the last thing we do with each guest. Each guest is going to get a parting shot. Let's do the parting shot with Chuck Sacone. Here we go.
Parting Shot is brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They've got independent study courses, ISC, <clears throat> cool kids are calling them, uh, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. They have a new edition coming out. Ch uh, Chuck mentioned a new edition of, uh, of his text. They've got a new edition of current concepts. A great pathway to uh, the OCS exam. Just a, I mean, just check out the just the reading list alone is enough. Just go dig into that. Again, orthopt.org for the Academy of Orthopedic PT. Uh, Chuck, parting shot, just your last chance for a mic drop moment. What's the last thing you want to leave with the audience tonight? Um, keep up the good work. Uh, like I said, I'm eternally impressed by the work our clinicians do out in the field. Um, they, you know, they're showing up every day. They're putting their big boy panties on or whatever, and they're just getting the job done. And I just think that's so impressive. And I, uh, I have an ultimate respect and ultimate, uh, just likely likeness, uh, uh, fondness for all the people that are out there promoting every single physical therapist is an ambassador of our profession. And it is a healing, caring profession. So everybody out there serving as an ambassador, keep up the good work. Well done. I like that very much. Chuck Sacone, thank you. Mike, drop, drop the mic. Oh, Chuck, point. thanks so much. Let's move on. My pleasure, Jimmy. Good seeing you again. All right, good to see you again. I'm going to keep this thing safe. Don't worry, I'm going to take good care of uh, of alcohol. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Chuck, thanks so much. All right, let's keep moving on. Drop those comments below. Give us some questions. We're going to bring Chuck back and all of our guests. Let's move on to our next guest. Let's do it. Uh, currently, a student physical therapist that strives to empower the students that will carry the future of our profession, the people Chuck was just talking about, a high achiever who values efficiency and creativity, a communicator that enjoys active listening and letting people have their voices heard, also a producer of this podcast. Let's bring him on stage finally. Now he gets to be on his own show. Tao! What's up, Jimmy? How you doing? Is it weird to be on stage for the podcast that you've been producing for the longest time? Yeah, it's actually very rude being on the other side, but... Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Tay, you've been aboard the show for a couple months now, and uh, I, will, I wanted to say this about you, and this is what I've noticed. So we're going to do kind of like, this is like the CPI, but for the PT Pinecast. I'm going to tell you my thoughts live in front of everybody. Tao always has the same demeanor, the same look, the same face on, and you don't, like, he's just very, like, like nothing moves, everything, just boom. I'm almost, I'm like, because we do everything via Zoom, I'm like, is he frozen? And he's not. And then it just looks like Teo's like, he's got nothing, he's just nothing. There's nothing there. And then I ask you a question. What did you think about that guest? Or what do you think we should do next? And then the most thoughtful response always comes out of your mouth. So it's, the funny part is we are complete opposites in that. I can't sit still. As you can tell, I'm bouncing around all over the place. And Teo's always in the center of the screen looking exactly like, like he is right now. Boom. That's exactly the look I'm talking about right there. But then when we ask him, boom. Right on cue. So thank you. All right. So Teo, for the audience, just kind of uh, what year are you? Where are you from? I know where you're from because we're from like kind of the same place. But like give everybody like the superhero backstory. Yeah. So um, basically, I'm from Newburgh, New York, um, the great four or five, as Jimmy knows, uh, kind of upstate New York. And I'm currently a second year student physical therapist at Ithaca College. All right. So we wanted to bring you on because, number one, you're a producer of a show. You kind of helped put this episode together. Um, you've also got... A, a project that's really, really important to you in terms of the Ithaca College Physical Therapy Students of Color. You're involved with that as their vice president. Uh, tell us about what is that 
Why are you involved? And what do people become when they're a part of that? What's the goal of that organization? Yeah, so pretty much, um, first, I would have to say that that organization was created by a Fosterumse, or I should say now Dr. Fosterumse. She graduated last year with her DPT. Um, but essentially, the organization is here to connect current and incoming students across um, different socioeconomic, cultural backgrounds, and then just give them the resource to succeed in the program. Uh, so currently, I'm the vice president. I was the outreach coordinator last year. Um, and it was just a very, very big like change in my life. And just seeing that and being able to lead in that way was very beneficial for me. And then I saw how I could help people. So I was like, okay, that's why I tried to take that next step to apply for a national position. So talk about what's, what's a national position. What's that? So then after that, um, I was kind of like, well, I guess, you know, I'm looking at the applications on Twitter. I wasn't really on PT Twitter yet, but I started to see a little, little by little and then saw the application for the student assembly board of directors um, and so i reached out to a fosa actually i was like you know should i should i do this uh and she was like yes definitely you know i thought about it again and then the last day <laughs> of the applications i sent it in um and then yeah i ended up getting slated and then i was selected as a nominating committee chair like so real briefly what nominating committee you get to kind of like pick the slate, the APTA board of directors slate came out. So that term slate is probably being thrown around a lot. That is the the menu with which people will choose the next board. Um, and you kind of get to, you know, you're kind of like a headhunter. You get to kind of like, you know, figure out, you know, who who is best suited where, which has got to be a, a, a pretty a pretty daunting position. Yeah, but also like, I guess what I liked about the position um, was the fact that I could speak to students all over the country and see where their interests lie. And then from there, I could help them figure out what's best for them, whether that be, you know, you can apply for this position or it's like, okay, we have some other committees, we have other opportunities. I could see if I could help you out within your state as well. So for me, it was just like, okay, I see a lot of these opportunities and it helped me out. And then it's like, okay, I know a lot of other students would like this opportunity, but they might not know exactly where they want to go with that. So. I mean, I really enjoy, I was on the phone yesterday with the student and it was like the same thing. She was like, yeah, I'm interested. I just don't know where I want to go. Um, we talked for a few minutes, you know, she ended up being like, okay, I think I like this. Sent her an email with someone else um, who's on the board and was able to start that conversation. You're a connector. Yes. Which, which gets overlooked, right? A connection. I mean, how important is that? But a lot of, I mean, look back at like great moments in history or business or anything a connection is is the first step so when you when you said you said you waited i didn't know this you waited till the last day to apply yeah what gave you and i'm i'm going to use words i'm going to use this words um on purpose what gave you the permission like who who or what gave you like you didn't have to take that leap you got other stuff to do this isn't putting yourself out there win lose or draw is not an easy thing what gave you the permission or the yeah i i can't i'm allowed i'm allowed to do this or i'm allowing myself to do this what was it um honestly it really was my conversation with the poster um and then afterward i would say with another student um from washu he graduated also uh, dr brett Wright. he's over at u miami and it was kind of like for me i just didn't want to take away from the role that i had with ithaca and icptsoc the students of color organization because my heart was kind of there and i wanted to make sure that i could give them everything that was possible so it was kind of me talking to her like you know if i take this role do you think that it would be taking away from my time the organization and she was like no like 
She's like, why don't you just apply? You know, I just needed someone else to kind of just be like, just kick me like, hey, like just, just do it. And it's been very beneficial after that. I didn't know the answer to that question, but I was assuming that. And all I heard you say was, well, two things. Number one, you were being thoughtful about it. You didn't say, I want this position because of a position. You were saying, do I think this would be good for a good fit for me? Do I think it would help others? That's thoughtful. Um, the other thing was you were kind of looking for that that nudge externally. And I've said this story about this podcast, and I'm pretty sure she's watching right now. But my advisor in PT school, who's on the APTA board of directors, Sky Donovan, was very integral into kind of giving me that nudge when a few other people were like, I don't know if a podcast is a good idea. And now I stand here five plus years into it. And it's funny how we're, we're humans and we're adults, but we still seek external permission, validation or whatever. I don't know if that ever goes away, but this shows the importance of who do you surround yourself with? What are those people asking of you or pushing you toward? I mean, they weren't necessarily pushing you towards it. You went to them and that said a lot. You were presenting yourself to someone who knew that their advice or their thought or their response would have weighed, it was weighing heavy. Yeah. Well, also, I think something that's really important to me really is just that I don't want to take something kind of like you said, I just don't want to take something to take a position. I want to make sure that everything aligns right. And then also like, who else can I help while taking that position? Is it something that, you know, I'm just taking to put on a resume or is this something that I can actually build on and then um, help others either get that same role after or create their own new opportunity. So I felt like, yeah, I get a two year role in this opportunity. Um, I can talk to students all over the country. I was like, this, this makes sense to go for it. And kind of just took the leap of faith and went for it. I just want to reiterate what Teo just said, because I love to hear that. You were thought again, thoughtful about what this was for others. And like Sharon Dunn has said the, the term, right? And it was the first time, I don't know if she coined it or anything, but it was the first time I had ever heard it, or maybe just the way I heard it when she said it, which is servant leadership. You didn't take that position because of what it was doing for you. You took that position because you were asking yourself, is this going to help others? And that's, that's why you did it. Yeah. Cause In I mean, I was going to say the biggest thing really was going through that first year um, with Ithaca College Physical Therapy Students of Color with um, Fosa being the head and just seeing how she led. And then when we went to conferences, it was kind of the same thing where, you know, we were both kind of like back and forth, but she would be like, hey, you know, meet this person or, hey, I just met this person, you need to go talk to them. And I would do the same thing, but it was kind of, you know, I saw the trend. I saw that, you know, that's where it got kind of into the networking opportunities. And I was like, okay. I'd never seen something like this before, but I know like, you know, all my friends back home, they weren't getting access to these same opportunities. So it was like, okay, I had to learn all this stuff and I got to bring it back and let them know how I just did that. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned networking back when we used to go to conferences in, in person and hopefully that's going to come up again, you know, pretty soon. Um, but another way to network is what Chuck and I talked about at the top of the show. My Oxford debate uh, topic was, was is social media hazardous to the profession of physical therapy, which is networking uh, online and the, uh, the, the connections that you're able to make. What advice would you give to students for jumping into that conversation or trying to wade into the waters of, you know, PT, whether it be PT Twitter or, or any of the different networking platforms, any advice or, you know, uh, a guidance you'd give into someone wading into those waters as a student? Yeah, I'd say don't be afraid to just reach out to anyone. I'd say, especially with um, physical therapy, it's such a big profession that wants to help the students so much, um, you know, as a professional as well, too. But 
I think more so if you're a student coming up to someone like, hey, I'm a first year, second year, third year, very interested in what you're doing, or I'm very interested in X, Y, and Z. Uh, could you, do you have a little bit of time to talk to me? Uh, I found that to be very quick and something that usually eight, nine times out of 10, they're most likely gonna say yes. So I would say, don't be afraid of reaching out to someone. I think Twitter is where the most PTs really are. It's not really uh, LinkedIn. I, I thought it was LinkedIn, but then I got on Twitter and realized, oh, everyone's really here. And I mean, example, like we had a mental wellness and PT event collaboration with another uh, organization at our school, ICPT Wellness. And I mean, I already knew Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Van Hoos, but I DM Dr. Mitchell on Twitter, like, hey, like we have this idea, like, would you like to be a part of it? And she was like, yes, of course, you know, here's my email, blah, 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 I like to set it up. Uh, and I've gotten so many opportunities just from reaching out via social media. So I think yeah. the biggest thing is just don't be afraid. I can't nod enough. I'm actually getting a little bit of neck pain, nodding along with Taylor right here. Um, I think, and I tell students all the time, my, my advice is play the student card as often as you can reach out, make connections because, and this was advice given to me as a student, the great connection you have as a student to anybody who has graduated is you were both once students. You are a student now, they were a student, so you have that connection, they understand. So I always say, if you're looking for information, a question, lead off that email or that that interaction with, hi, I'm a student at, you've automatically got my attention because, oh my gosh, I, you instantly give someone nostalgia that feeling of, I remember when. And that is a great way to start a conversation and a relationship. And you just mentioned, you know, Dr. Mitchell and Dr. Van Hoos, like two great people who I will guarantee if you reach out, they will interact with you. So I think that's great. Great advice. Yeah, And also like, I just feel like also the PT world is pretty small too. So is. a lot of these people know each other. So even if, you know, you might not particularly be finding that particular person with someone else they might oh that one person knows five people and then those oh, yeah. five people know five people so it's just creating a bigger network for yourself it feels really small and big and small i mean there's 300 and change thousand physical therapists in the in the country there's about ten thousand students graduating a year so that can feel daunting i'm one of ten thousand i'm one of three hundred thousand but i'm telling you, you you know if you if you use that network i know hashtag hazardous in terms of social media but again, it's a tool, and if you use it well, it can really connect you, and that's that's the good side of of social media. Uh, in terms of connections, you got a pretty cool story. This is the last thing I want to talk about with you. Is um, you went into to school what as a Spanish minor, and then all of a sudden you were like, "Well, I'm I'm a minor of the way there. Why not go to major?" Doing something like that, what pushed you to go from this is something I'm kind of like, you know, I'm I'm adding on to a degree as a minor to like, no, no, I'm gonna this is gonna be a this is gonna be a major direction change for me. Yeah. So for our program, we have to choose a certain minor for the four years. And I decided, yeah, I'll go with Spanish. It was either Spanish or exercise science. And I realized that um I felt like Spanish was just different and I always enjoyed Spanish, and also I just felt like having the second language under my belt would help me a lot in the future, not only just for me, but for patients as well. There it uh, is. That's so what... I was like, okay, all right. So I went through the minor and I was taking a few courses. I was like, okay, I like this. And like the, the classrooms were really small. Um, and also like we were all in the same courses. So it was a tight knit community, like probably like seven to 10 people usually in the same classes. 
And then I studied abroad. And that's really when I was like, okay, like I really, really like this uh, being in a whole different um, space and living with a host mom and only being able to speak Spanish. That, that was like probably my most favorite moment. And then I came back and then it was the summer or fall of my senior year. I realized that I finished all the, it wasn't intentional for the major. It was just, I realized that I had taken so many credits that I, mean, you I was already, already there. Keep going. And, and so it was kind of like, oh, well, I just had to do, um, I mean, it's, it's really funny, but like for the Spanish degree, I had to learn another language to get the Spanish degree. And so I had to test out of Italian in order to get the Spanish degree, but I had finished all the other credits. And so um, I was actually talking with Dr. Bellier and trying to see like, is this something that like, again, the external, I was kind of like, should I, do I go for this or? Often, yep. You know, and she was definitely like, yeah, like go for it. I spoke with my Spanish advisor, same thing. So um, I went to an Italian professor, I got a textbook, studied that over winter break. And first time I failed, uh, well not failed, but I took the um, placement test because I couldn't take any course due to it being my senior year. First time I took the test, I got beginner Italian. I was like, okay. It sucks. Uh, then second time I got intermediate. So I was like, okay, I just got to do this one more time, get advanced, and then I pass. Um, so I kind of switched my thinking of, you know, let me stop trying to learn Italian and then use my Spanish to answer the questions because they're very similar grammar. Uh, right. And so third time I eventually passed and I got third the time. second degree. Third time's a charm. It's not just a cliche. Um, the last thing I want to ask you is just going through that and focusing on Spanish when, again, I want to reiterate, you could have chosen something that feels like it was more directed towards physical therapy being exercise science, language barriers and access to PT. Is that, that was probably something in your mind and your focus in terms of, Hey, why am I doing this? Hey, I could use this with this. You chose Spanish to address language barriers and access to PT over something like exercise science. Talk about that just for just for a second. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, the Woodbury Commons. So like I worked there back um, at home and I would have a lot of Spanish speakers come to me. Um, they would speak a little bit of English, but I could tell that they really want to speak Spanish. So I would just start speaking Spanish with them. Their whole, you know, demeanor would just change. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Spanish. And so I saw that impact and I realized like, okay, like there's, a, you know, I want to, like, it's a problem. Like there's, there's a switch here and you're able to see a positive impact. So I just delved more into Spanish. I was like, you know, this is an opportunity in terms of access to healthcare as well. It's the yep. same thing, you know, there's not a lot of people who speak Spanish and this is, you know, it's like the second most used language in America right now, I believe. So, you know, even knowing a little bit of Spanish goes a long way. So for me, I just thought that, you know, okay, if I can just continue to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, like I'm going to be helping somebody eventually. Um, and so that's, that was like the biggest goal for me. I and also, that. I just love Spanish music as well. Like, uh, I love listening to music. I love watching like TV shows in Spanish as well. Like, those are a lot of things that would help me um, pick up on different dialects and be able to understand. Like, oh, this person's from Dominican Republic. I can kind of tell from this, uh, or this person's from you know Spain. When I was in Spain, I was like, okay, I can tell who's from Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Sevilla. So, a lot of those different things are you're paying attention to them. And I think that goes a long way just outside of language, which is you were doing something because you knew it would enhance and reduce barriers and enhance a connection. It was, it was important to me. I just felt like, okay, like 
at the end of the day, whether I was, you know, trying to sell sneakers to somebody or, you know, it's, it's physical therapy, trying to get them better. You want the end, the outcome to be positive for them and you want them to have a great experience. So for me, I just feel like, okay, if I can just continue to learn the Spanish, that's just another thing to help another patient along the way. Great analogy. I love that, which is the putting the, the customer, the patient, the individual who is not you in front of you. And you figured out a way to do that, which is learn, quite literally learn the language that they're speaking. All right. You ready for your parting shot? Usually you're on the other side of the camera. Usually you're making social media graphics for us for parting yeah. shots. Let's do the, the parting shot with, uh, with Teo. Here we go. All right, Parting Shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. You know all about them, orthopt.org, leaders in orthopedic physical therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Teo, your stage, man. What do you want to leave with the audience? What is your parting shot? I think the biggest thing is just, you know, don't be afraid, especially if you're a student. Um, there's a lot of opportunities out there to succeed, and you just don't know what's out there until you just go out and take the leap of faith. So definitely just don't be afraid. Look at that. Tail. Maybe maybe you right now are are giving permission to a student that external nudge that you needed or, or sought out that I needed and sought out that a lot of us need and seek out. So uh, good on you for doing that. Thanks for doing all that you do, especially with this podcast. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right. Show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.